Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Monday, June 21st. U.S. equity futures are rallying across the board. This is a shift from just a few hours ago when they were for sale. So you have the S&P futures up about 20 points right now. That's 50 basis points. The S&P futures did hit a low overnight of about 41.25. So they're about 50 points off of that level. So nearly a percent off the lows. NASDAQ futures are up 80 points. That's about 55 basis points. Dow futures are up 205 points. That's about 60 basis points. So very similar gains, 50 to 60 basis points for all the major U.S. futures indices. And like I said before, this is a rebound from where they were just a few hours ago. Most of Asia ended in the red overnight. Um, Japan in particular saw heavy losses. The Nikkei was down over 3%. Mainland China did decently. Um, The Shanghai comp ended up fractionally. Um, and India also saw gains overnight. Europe is following the U.S. directionally, although the rally in Europe is not as large as it is in the U.S., so the major European indices are trading up about five, 20 basis points. You are seeing further underperformance in Europe in cyclical areas, so basic resources and banks and insurers are all for sale in Europe. That's consistent with what we've been seeing now for several days, where cyclical stocks are getting hit. Um, in terms of the catalyst for the rally, there really wasn't a specific headline. Um, I think this is just a case of the U.S. equities becoming um, relatively oversold, especially after the Friday slump. You do have some um, anticipation or rather hope that Powell, who testifies tomorrow before the House, could possibly um, you know, assuage some of the concerns around the pace of Fed tightening. Um, You did have the BOJ today by ETFs for the first time in about two months. So that's another um, factor that's kind of contributing to some of the relief rally. Otherwise, it's it's more of the same as far as all your major themes and trends are concerned, the big kind of topics, macro topics. Um, You know, I think the major major theme right now in the market is just this thesis of peak everything. Um, And again, this predates the Fed meeting from Wednesday and basically... Um, you know, it's based on the fact that growth, inflation, stimulus all have peaked um, and are set to kind of um, lessen going forward. They're not collapsing dramatically by any means, but, you know, to the extent they were huge tailwinds before, they're now becoming more, um, you know, headwinds. And I think that's what's contributed to the um, treasury rally and then the flattening of the treasury curve that's contributed to the steep declines in a lot of the cyclical stocks that we've been seeing. And again, this is all predating the Fed. Um, I think the Fed just kind of accelerated or reinforced that peak everything thesis. Um, And so now I think going forward, investors, you know, the single biggest question for investors right now is whether or not growth can continue rallying. Um, You know, so far we've seen largely a transition. You haven't really seen an entire kind of broad de-risking of the market. It's been more of a rotation back into growth stocks. And so the question is whether or not that continues. I wrote in the near term, it makes sense um, that you do see some of the money flows turn back to growth stocks. And the technical factors and some of the super cap names are are relatively favorable, although I think for a variety of reasons, you know, this isn't, you're not going to see a tech rally to the extent you saw last year. Um, you know, for one big reason is a lot of those big tech names benefited from the pandemic. Um, and so now you're not going to see those same tailwinds that you did in 2020, plus you have very difficult comparisons. Um, and for a, a few other factors, too, that I wrote about in the vital talking points piece from last week um, that I just go into further. But I think for the time being, it makes sense that, you you know, that anti-cyclical pro-growth market trend continues. Um, in terms of the other major macro topics on infrastructure spending, 
this bipartisan bill probably will drop today or tomorrow. You're going to see probably a lot more details. They're still trying to iron out the funding component of it. So Democrats are opposed to uh, a higher gas tax. Republicans are opposed to a higher income or capital tax. So you still have not reached any type of a consensus on funding. You don't necessarily have to fund it. Um, but you know, I think that is definitely one major sticking point. I don't necessarily see this really getting a lot of traction and moving forward, which um, you know leads me to believe that you are going to see Democrats pivot back to the partisan reconciliation strategy. But the problem there is they still don't have the votes in the Senate um, and, and maybe even in the House for large tax hikes. And I think, again, that's what the market's major concern is right now, um, is, is really the risk of tax hikes. Um, and so I think, again, that the risk of that is low, but you still have kind of several weeks to go in that process. On COVID, uh, you know, very much more of the same. And I think this gets into kind of the peak everything thesis where you've seen the bulk of the reopening process take place in the U.S., Obviously, other areas around the world are still um, further behind where the U.S. is as far as vaccinations and conquering the virus. But in the U.S., a lot of the reopening process is largely complete, especially as far as um, market expectations and sentiment are concerned. You know, the average U.S. investor is very much operating in a post-pandemic mindset. Um, And so that's kind of less of a tailwind. You did have some headlines this morning around the Tokyo Olympics. Um, and a couple of other factors too. Hong Kong is easing some of its quarantine rules. But again, these are kind of, um, you know, COVID's very much kind of on the periphery of the narrative right now. The focus is again, the withdrawal of um, the pandemic era stimulus. Those are largely the major themes and trends. Um, You didn't have a ton of major economic data today. You didn't really have a ton of incremental Fed speakers. The last one you heard from was Kashkari Friday afternoon where he pushed back on um, what Bullard said Friday morning about how the first hike could come as soon as next year. Um, you know, Kashkari said that it's largely, it's probably going to be more of a 2023 type event. Um, you know, I think Kashkari probably is echoing more the sentiment or the consensus at the Fed rather, um, rather than what Bullard said. And you saw that in the dot plot too on Wednesday, where the consensus right now at the Fed is still that you're going to see the first hike in 2023 and keep in mind this is something powell emphasized on wednesday you know they still haven't even outlined the tapering schedule i think markets right now roughly assume you'll see the jackson hole speech be used as a form to lay the groundwork for the the tapering schedule um and then powell will kind of be very explicit at the september press conference and you'll start to see the first reduction in purchases come in either december or january um but again that you know, liftoff is still a very, very long way in the future. Um, for the calendar for today, you really don't have anything. You don't have any b- big economic numbers or earnings releases. You do have a few Fed speakers scheduled. Um, and like I said before, you probably are going to see some more details on the bipartisan infrastructure deal. Um, so that is everything for today. I had uh, I have a bunch of macro pieces out. So the vital talking points piece, the vital catalyst watch, all the major events this week. And then the vital roadmap, which I put out um, last week, just looking ahead over the coming weeks and months at kind of the major macro themes and trends that investors will be watching. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.